and welcome back to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan, and that's not Matt, it's Rachel D. Hey, Rachel D., I never sleep, because sleep is the cousin of death. Well, life's a bitch, and then you die. Uh, and that's why I podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we are not alone. We are joined by longtime OTI or first time TFT er John Parrott. John got Rhymes 365 days annual plus some. What up? I uh, I hope to drop some jewels in your skull that you could sell if you chose. So let's let's get to it. Yeah, you know, listen, we're always looking for ways to monetize this podcast, uh, <laughs> and so jewels in my skull would be a great way to do that. And these jewels are coming from Nas's classic album, Elmatic, uh, his 1994 debut full length album. And this uh, is a is an album uh, that uh, I I mean I've known as soon as I knew that we were going through the 90s, I knew that. That we would um, be talking about Illmatic. It's a one of the enduring albums of the '90s. It's it's one of the greatest hip hop albums of all times. It's one of my personal favorites. It's kind of a winner in all categories, right? And and it's it's just uh, really uh, an amazing album. And it is, uh, you know, I uh, uh, John, Rachel, and I were all at a karaoke night uh, in Boston a, a few weeks ago, as we do. Uh, and John said, "Hey, I'd like to get on TFT soon." And I said. John, we're doing Nas in two weeks. <laughs> um, uh, because you, not at that night, but I know in general, you've been new, known to do uh, a mean Nas or two at, uh, at karaoke. Nothing off this album I've, I've ever seen, but I, I, I always, uh, you do, um, you, you've, you've really definitely uh, done a good made you look more than once. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Ill- Illmatic, I-, I think similar to you, is one of those seminal albums and my appreciation of hip-hop although i came to it fairly late in my musical career mm-hmm. quote unquote uh, as, as with a lot of classic albums I, I sort of arrived backward you know listening listening to a lot of contemporary you know indie or conscious hip-hop and then sort of fading backwards and they're like hey have you heard of this guy rakim dj <laughs> eric b what the heck and then of course naturally fading from there to to illmatic of course the you know one of the greatest of all time i mean it's so interesting that there's multiple ways right so that you could you kind of go backwards but you you kind of slingshot past illmatic and then rope-a-dope off of kind of the golden age back to the 90s right um, well i mean you could sort of draw like a I don't know, like a mind map or a relationship map of something of all these albums, past, present, and alternate timeline that sort of feed into or spring from Illmatic as a as a seminal work. Yeah, I think that's I think that's definitely true, and we'll, we'll almost certainly get into that. I mean, it's interesting for me. I was also late to um, come to Illmatic, and we may talk about this uh, a little more, but. I, you know, part of why I was late to come to it is because I, for no real good reason, landed on the Jay-Z side of the Jay-Z Nas beef, um, but, not, <laughs> but I didn't, like, consider both sides equally. I just, <laughs> I, I was just like, you know, I, I heard the takeover, and I'm like, these are compelling arguments. Uh, I <laughs> I don't need to hear any more. Um, and, and, you, and you never bothered to pick up Ether to hear the, to hear the rebuttal? Uh, you know, I only, as, as a young man, 
said I was not well versed in the in in the the finer virtues of rhetoric and argumentation uh, and the norms <laughs> of really hearing both sides and and uh, equal time. Uh, and so I've now since uh, uh, heard Ether, and uh, which is actually back in the news recently uh, because Remy Ma used the beat for a seven minute long diss track of Nicki Minaj. I mean, not just the beat; she basically like did the chorus. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, the uh, Remy Ma's version is called Sheether. Uh, and has the same like I will not lose like that the whole the same construction yeah, yeah uh, absolutely but it is it is one of these um, albums that once I got to it so I think I had for me it was kind of reconstructing the queen's size gap in my kind of more brooklyn centric um knowledge of of 90s and and 2000s hip-hop and so it was kind of geographical um and and kind of uh, cultural um and rachel you you were also a, a a late a late breaking nas uh fan or illmatic fan yeah no uh, i think that's right um you know i think kind of like John, although maybe I'm sure my slingshot is very different. I uh, I I landed on a tribe called Quest, and then it's like it's like a party. I didn't leave for hours or something, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, it's two a.m. I should go home, and then I realized there were like other things I might like. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely, and we'll we'll talk about kind of both influence and and contemporaries because Q-Tip shows up here as a produ- producer um, and and as a guest vocalist on uh, on One Love. So it's it's definitely adjacent sonically and in scene to what uh, Tribe Called Quest was doing at the same time. So this is all a way of saying we found uh, our way to Illmatic. If you've not yet found your way uh, to Illmatic listeners, um, well then go ahead and pause this uh, and and let this be, let us be your slingshot. <laughs> let us send you to 1994 uh, Queensbridge uh, and, uh, and give this album a spin. Um, if you haven't heard it for a while, put it back on um, because it's a, it's a quick listen and it is uh, and it's, it is an engrossing one start to finish. Um, so put it on, uh, give it a few spins um, and meet us back here to dive into Illmatic after this word from our commercial sponsors. Does your boombox keep eating your tapes? Oh my god, yes. It's a All the time. Yeah, uh, well, why not? Wouldn't you love a way to listen to music that didn't just destroy itself immediately? Oh my god. If that were a thing, that would be sweet. Ryan, that sounds impossible. Well, what if I told you you didn't need a tape, you could just have a disc, and it's compact? Wait. What? What? Is it... Is That sounds like a record. No, no, like- no. What about a record that you could hold in the palm of your hand? You with- mean like one of those circular tapes, like real tapes that you just play, you just put in and play off the reel? I've oh, seen those. Oh, no. What if I could tell you I had something that was even realer than a real tape? It's a compact disc. So you what? mean this is like... A circular thing that fits in my hand that won't destroy itself and will play music for hours? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. There's now streaming. It's already obsolete. Compact discs. Remember them? And we're back. 
<laughs> so I, you know, I was thinking about this. I, I had a couple of questions, but I have a question. I think I wanna, I wanna put to the group. To, uh, to the group. So this yes. is this is a free, a free floating open okay. question. All right, let's hit it. All right. So um, we now think there may be habitable planets pretty close to us. <laughs> yeah. um, uh-huh. And there's probably like intelligent life. Yes. Um, and let's just say, like, I'm positing that maybe they're gonna visit. Yeah, right. Sure. So they, the, so the, like the forty light years away, forty. What is it, I forget what that distance is. It's pretty short, short little ride for them in the neighborhood. Right. The aliens that are near us, um, most likely near us, they come to visit planet Earth. Yeah. And you are tasked with giving them one album to explain to them like hip hop, <laughs> and that's like representative hip hop. Yeah. Is Illmatic that album? Hmm. Hmm. This is a, a kind of this is the the intergalactic desert island disc. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, and it's funny that you say that because I I thought about asking like, is this a desert island album? But then I thought, you know, desert island concerns are totally different from like representing the yeah, galaxy yeah, concerns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm more interested in like representing the galaxy. They're representing Earth, Earth right? In represent, the galaxy. represent Earth. Right. Exactly. Is yeah no John. Well, that's uh, that's that's a tough one. I mean, it depends. Am I giving them the original edition Illmatic or the tenth anniversary edition, which had a bonus track on it called Star Wars? Because <laughs> I think if I accidentally slip them the tenth anniversary edition and they hear this track called Star Wars, they might they might take it the wrong way. They might take it as, as a threat. <laughs> I think for this purpose, I agree. We gotta, we gotta like engage in diplomacy. Let's mm-hmm, give them mm-hmm. the original. Okay, okay, here. Yeah, no bonus tracks. So, so is this? And so, so I can give them one rap album. And what? What are? The, and the purpose is to explain rap. Uh, it's. I guess so. Yeah, it's like to give them a brief primer. They don't have a good attention span. So you can't you can't expose them to like too much information. This is like the Trump five bullet points. Like they need one thing to listen to. Well, and I guess so to raise. I'm gonna if I may, I'd like to raise the stakes. Ooh, okay. So it's that if they do not like, so they're going through all of America, all of pop culture, all Earth culture, asking for one representative piece, and if they do not like that art form or piece of culture based on the um, <laughs> uh, based on the representative piece of culture, they eliminate all trace of that culture from the collective memory. Oh my God, you have. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the question is like, the, like, what is Elmatic the album that you would use to save rap music? <laughs> wow, wow, you really, you really up the ante on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not just, yeah, not just to give people. Well, I mean, because like, what the other stakes are like, you know, the the, the aliens don't become rap fans. <laughs> 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 I guess not. No. Yeah. So I mean, is this like the is this the rap hail mary, mm-hmm. um, or or and if not, what kind of what would be the like the album that like I mean because and, and I, I think that yeah so I'll I'll, I'll contextualize this uh, some more but like is this is this the rap saving album? <laughs> 
I I think so. To to bring it back to the merits of this album in yeah. particular, and, and less on uh, a a meditation on hip hop, the the over overall, which you know, as, as we as we discussed in the beginning, talking about golden age hip hop, and you know Eric B and Rakim, and you know the the earliest foundations of hip hop, and the sort of gangsta era, and the the later modern eras, and the the current you know, fragmentation into into trap and, you know, mixtape hip-hop and in, indie rap backpack scenes and, and a number of things like that. This is, I, I mean, I, I jokingly referred to this as the, you know, as, as the sort of center point around which a number of albums in the past, you know, diverge and from the future diverge, sort of the, sort of the bottleneck through which a, a, a great deal of, I think, at least East Coast hip-hop uh, flows in the mid-90s, just because I think it was a demonstration that you could have that intense, hardcore quality married with a tremendous lyrical versatility and and prolixity. Uh, I, I think it's the combination of those two, the, the, the notion that, you know, hardcore hip-hop doesn't just have to be you know, angry and rough in tone. It can also be very smooth and poetic in delivery while still sacrificing none of its intensity or rawness or realness. Absolutely. And and I think as a third kind of component, it can also be tremendously musical, right? Um and, yes. and, and musical in 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 production and and kind of uh have this um very unique uh interplay between um the the lyrics and, and their delivery um and and the beats, right? And and you know, obviously going back to the golden age, again we've talked about Rakim like several times, um, but that was something that uh Jordan Stokes and I talked about a lot when we talked um, about the Eric B and Rakim uh, albums of the of the late '80s, and this is is a whole a whole new level, right? And and it's this it's I think it is striking, and those th- that departure is striking um, because uh, we talked about you know last week we talked about Wu Tang Enter the Thirty Six mm-hmm. Chambers and Enter the Wu Tang, and that is a, uh, a a glorious album and and wonderful uh, and dense uh, and and also one of my favorites, but uh, is it definitely the, the uh, and the nature it is a dark noisy uh, clattering uh crowded room right um and and so the the, <laughs> the 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 variety of textures that you have here that are um and 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 juxtapositions i think are um an absolute achievement um and i think that are part of what makes this really really stand at this nexus point between so many different um strands of of hip-hop yeah no and i i think um i think there's just something you know i i do think like i mean the production and then like the the lyrical content it, it's all like very it, it's just like there's not there's no real clutter on this album like it's just you know, it's the what ten perfect tracks really. It, 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 they're just like very well constructed, very personal. Um, yeah, and poetic. I, I think there's a there's a little bit of like the kind of you know poet singer songwriter. You know, I, I don't know whatever you want to call it. The auteur, like in in mm. the voice and the and the um, and the kind of like the the project put forth. 
Um, rather than like, I think some of the other albums we've been talking about recently, which I think have a lot more of like the group dynamism at play. Right. And there's like this, this group dynamic that is a part of like the experience of listening to it. Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's the group of MCs or the pair of, um, of Q-Tip and Fife Dog or, or even right. The, um, the producer, the DJ rapper duos. Right. Um, and so, yeah, whereas this is the auteur, um, Nas kind of sur- surrounded by a number of kind of producers that shape the sound, but he's the constant, right? And it's you know very minimal yeah. guest presences, right? It it really it really is a showcase for for him and his his particular lyrical composition, as as you say, some of the some of the best de- some of the best producers working you know at the time, much less of all time, uh, you know yeah. D- DJ Premier out of you know another one of my favorites, Gangstar, you know Boston local represent uh, Q Tip again appearing on this one. Large professor, just a just a, an amazing roster here, bringing this to life. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 it is. Yeah, it's and it's what's very cool about that is that there is this kind of unity and di- diversity, right? That it's, it's pretty evenly distributed. I mean, Large Professor is about produces about half of the tracks um with then premiere kind of coming in about uh you know second um and then kind of pete rock and q-tip um sprinkled throughout but there's a a unity in that diversity um and and i think that it's you know i think that in this idea of unity in diversity i think the other thing that is interesting here is the you know, you talked about this as a luminary for East Coast hip hop, but it's is is the New Yorkness of it, um, yes. and 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 it's this really interesting idea of these. There's like a number of concentric circles, and it it kind of is situated in all of them, right? In the you know the tightest circle, it's it's in Queensbridge, right? And it's it's yeah. kind of in that world and in the streets and, and projects of Queensbridge, but then more broadly, um, in the sound and in the producers and in the world, it's in Queens, um, but then it's you know there are several points at which he um, shouts out all of the boroughs of New York. Right? Well, let's let's take it let's take it to that that first track. I mean, the yeah, very yeah. first track, exactly. uh, the Genesis, which is sort of the 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 skit slash intro. Yep. Like the very first sound we hear yep. on the album after you yep. hit play yep. is the rattling of the subway tracks. Yeah, absolutely. Like that 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 tells you that grounds it in the East Coast in general and yeah. in New York in particular. That tells you exactly what kind of album it's going to be. And then shortly after that, there's a there's a clip from wild style which mm-hmm. is you know one of these seminal 80s yep. hip-hop motion pictures so that that's telling people this is the era we're hearkening back to where it's that it's that old school sound it's a it's a deliberate contrast and of course this is around the time when the east coast west coast feud was really picking up yep. deliberate contrast to the g-funk sound yeah. on the west coast that very bombastic very synthesized very very bass and horn heavy you know, sound. This is this is that great. This is that raw shit, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's uh, that's that's exactly right. And like you say, right, that this is right. There's no <laughs> there's no cars, right? <laughs> like there's a train. <laughs> there's not cars with uh, you know hydraulics, right? No, um, not at all. Yeah, that's it's it's um, that's totally right. And that that does situate that in all of those. Um, Ways well, right, and then that leads into New York State of Mind, right? And so, um, and 
and because one of the things that the subway does, especially the subway, right, um, Queensbridge being in the kind of extreme western edge of, um, of, of, of Queens, right, is kind of connected, you know, is very close to the train and kind of very close to Manhattan, yet, you know, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's a river, but it might as well be an ocean, right? Um, <laughs> especially at that time. Um, and so there's a sense of both kind of connection and separation there, right? And so that, you know, that, um, this idea of, um, and you just get a sense uh, in that, you know, sound of – in addition to situating it in New York uh, and in a place with public transit, it's this kind of sense of both kind of, you know, isolation into one kind of very specific neighborhood but, but also connection to the city and, 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 and the city – the city and the very specific city of New York being a state of mind even than, than a place, right? Um, I mean, you know, it's always – we rarely go linearly through an album. But but um, this is almost starting to happen. So uh, I mean, if if there's, I I mean, obviously, you know, as as Rachel said, it's 10 perfect tracks. But I I think if there's any one that's really emblematic of the whole tone of the album, it is New York state of mind. So we could we could talk about that extensively. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, let's 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 kind of just uh, let's just go right in, Um, because I feel like. It is because um, it, it is it is a, a direct statement of purpose, and and I think that you're absolutely right that it's it, that it is definitely setting up New York and kind of the 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 mentality and the environment and the style of rap as as a a, a pole and a you know a contender. Um, from uh to the west coast in la right and it's kind of reclaiming hip-hop right uh which right. you know and and uh and reclaiming reclaiming um the kind of you know the authenticity and the rawness right um and well, yeah there's there's a couple things in here i, I mean two things that are, are really emblematic of Nas's style as a whole but that, that are, are showcased in new york state of mind one the incredibly complex internal rhyme schemes he's able to come up with yeah. uh, i think part of that comes from his his background in jazz in in the sort of classical 20th century musical styles classical in the sense of like 20th century american not classical like classical classical but there's right. probably some of that too uh so in the very first line he kicks us off with, rappers I monkey flip him with the funky rhythm I be kicking. There's like three layers of internal rhyme just in that one line alone, just bouncing back and forth off each other, almost like, you know, like a like a cornet solo, as it were. So he just just hitting you with that straight off, letting you know exactly what kind of delivery it's gonna be, exactly what kind of album it's gonna be. And then just the 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 content of the lyrics themselves just dense. Yeah. With these very concrete references to very specific things, like uh, like talking about sipping E and J up in the up in the stairway of of the projects, or you know hitting someone hitting someone with a couple rounds and watching them watching them backflip uh, after they after they catch uh, catch bullets, or you know the the gun getting jammed and seeing three bullets wedged in the chamber and sort of a stovepipe jam. Just these these very very easy to visualize. You can you can almost see it happening in front of you, and that's that's the, that has the immediate effect of conveying authenticity. Like this isn't this isn't fictional. Jay Z's assertions in in the takeover, notwithstanding, uh, this is you know this is something that we're convinced actually happened to the to the speaker to the artist. 
Yeah, and and I I think that well, and I think that what's also interesting in those early lines is that even as there's these rich descriptions of violence of life in in uh, in the streets and in the projects, um, that there's also very close. Um, uh, uh, tying that to the, the to acting on the street and the act of writing the raps and performing the raps, right? Mm-hmm. So this, that second line, right, um, is a musician inflicting composition of pain, right? Yeah. And this idea of you know the the author being the author of a, of a rap of a set of, of bars as being kind of parallel to an author of an act of violence, right? <laughs> um, and, right. and 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 right. So and and right. It's um, one other uh, line down, holding an M sixteen. See with the pen, I'm extreme. Um, and and that there's this the parallelism between um, the gun um, and and the pen is uh, is also striking, and so that there is this interesting idea that th- so. I, I think that what's what's happening there, and we, we'll see if we see this uh, other places, is that there is kind of a there's a, it's contemporaneous, right? The um, the the poetry and the street are 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 interweaving at the same time. Whereas, mm-hmm. and, and contrasting with Jay Z, where it's like I was a hustler and now I'm a rapper, right? The, I I got transferable skills through my exactly. hustling, right? It's <laughs> right. It's from bricks to billboard, from grams to Grammys, right? Yeah. Um, and it's and it's linear. And um, whereas I think here that it is that there is the the writing and the the writing and the and the wrongs as as it is uh, <laughs> uh, uh, are happening. Concurrently, Rachel, you have. Yeah, no, because I mean, I feel like, yeah, I mean, with Jay's, I think every a lot of this also, a lot of what you're saying, right, also kind of re- takes me back to like 36 Chambers on, and like I, I a lot of the same kind of like metaphor, you know, like the the lyrical. The, the rapping ability is, and like that, like kind of violent metaphors, right? Like it's yeah. that, like that, like the skill is is also violent, right? Um, you know, like metaphoric. It's I don't know. It, kind of the whole thinking about Jay Z too. Like it, it makes me feel like Jay Z is like a conversation you're having. Nas is like the poet, and then like Wu Tang are like almost like the fiction writers, <laughs> yeah, um, or something. Just because like the myth building that they also add, right? And like the. It's like they're the I don't know. They're, not, they're like they're not even like the fiction race. They're the like they're like the hard sci-fi fantasy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I like that you say sci-fi because um I feel like, you know, they're like the sci-fi stories always like have some element of kind of like bearing on the human condition in the right. present time. Right. Right. And so I do think it's like that's what makes it that's what makes it grounded and I I do think like Wu-Tang is grounded. So like I like the the sci-fi connection you make there, but yeah, I, I do find it interesting. Like in some ways, you know, and it makes me think too of like like kind of the beef between Jay Z and Nas. Like, and in talking about like Nas's use of like like the the, the violence and like. The line between like like reality and like the kind of poetic construction of violence as like a metaphor for like his self expression and his like skills like his lyrical skills um, and that kind of fluidity there in in in, in like the in the lyrics um, sort of makes like the whole kind of like idea of like 
it's like it doesn't really matter whether what he saw or didn't see and how real this is or isn't. Like, because the authentic, I I feel like that I agree. The specificity of details like gives it the authenticity and the feeling of like the the like the the street reporter. But like it, you know, in lines like the like the M sixteen and the pen being extreme, you kind of see like that it's it's all kind of a. You know, like a tech on the dresser is like just an extension of like like the self expression in general. <laughs> you know, the, the the tech is on the dresser within. Right? right yeah. Right. Right. And it's um, and I think that alone, and also on the external dresser. <laughs> I mean, and I think that in itself also kind of situates this. You know, because I, I think, like, the production definitely, like, is distinctive from, like, the West Coast style. And, like, you definitely, sonically, that, the, like, there are, there's, like, very distinct. But I think even this kind of metaphoric, kind of metaphoric violence and, like, the kind of hardcoreness as, like, also kind of a metaphoric hardcoreness is a little, I think, also kind of, like, distinctive to, like, this these East Coast albums. Um you know, I, I think, I, you know, like the kind of, I don't know, maybe I, you know, maybe I need to re-listen to The Chronic. And so, you know, feel free to like tell me that this is not the case. But I just don't recall The Chronic talking about like, you know, my my rhymes are like, you know, are, are like the, you know, are like shooting someone. Like, right. Like, I think like it's a lot more sort of like, you know, matter of fact reporting. Uh, and matter of fact, like uh, like storytelling, like and here we are, and we're doing this, and this is what we do. Yeah, but oh, go ahead, John. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think that's also indicative of sort of the East Coast West Coast distinction in that you know in the East Coast, coming up from the tradition of you know rap battles in the clubs, of you know MCs battling it out on stage, uh, and and. Gen- and literally a generation up to this point that had that had done that sort of thing there's the expectation i think that you're going to talk about your lyrical skill in addition to talking about the places you've come from yeah uh, i mean you know on on eric b and rakim's albums you you definitely hear hear that rakim is is sort of the the, the gold standard of that i mean he can he can put together a an entire six minute track of just talking about how great a rapper he is yeah. and how great it's going to be once he gets on stage and, and defeats you in this rap battle uh and in new york state of mind and in you know halftime and and other and other songs on other tracks on this album you get a sense of that as well but it's also much i think it's much more about investing us in this sense of place mm-hmm. through that lyricism and and i i think as as you as you said ryan and and, and rachel it's it, it, the demonstration is that because i've because i've come up from this uh from this environment not just a, a rough environment but the the rawest environment you know the queen's bit Queensbridge housing projects, you know, that that's what makes that's what makes my rhymes particularly raw and real. Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. I think we see that some other places. I mean, uh, you know, it it strikes me that part of why, you know, and and kind of, uh, you know, moving along, I feel like that connects to the next track to life's a bitch right um mm-hmm. right because that part of that sense of of urgency of of why rap uh you know why tell the story uh is you know that uh, you know is that life's a bitch and then you die right um and you never know when you're going to go um 
and and I, I think that 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 I you know that um you know, it's really um, right. So, just kind of going on Nas's verse, um, the second verse in in Life's a Bitch, right? I woke up early on my born day. I'm 20. I, it's a blessing. The essence of adolescence leaves my body. Now I'm fresh, and my physical frame is celebrated because I made it one quarter through life. Some godly like thing created. Got rhymes 365 days annual plus one. Load up the mic and bust one because um, while I pus from my skull, because it's pain in my brain vein. Money maintain. Don't go against the grain simple and plain right and so and and he actually even goes on kind of um says when i was young right i used to uh, to rob um mm-hmm. but th- but th- there's this interesting right um this situation of kind of 20 as this threshold right of like you know when i was a man when i was a boy i did i did childish when i was a child childish <laughs> things like rob but now i'm a right. man and i rap right? yeah when when i when i became a man i put away the text on the dresser <laughs> right <laughs> and i put my mic on the dresser instead yeah. um yeah well uh, there, there's this uh, it, it's it's a theme he comes back to in a uh, in a couple different songs, I mean, there's there's the idea here that uh, you know when when he's when he talks about oh now that I'm a man I, I want to save money, but the line here is that buck that bought a bottle could have struck the lotto. It's like, well, yes, I mean you're you're halfway there, Nas, and like yeah, I mean you could you could save money to play the lotto, or you could save money for other things, but again, <laughs> I, I don't want to impose too much of you know a, a middle class viewpoint on on what you should save your money to do. Uh, and then in later tracks, he talks about you know uh, not not spreading his seed too far because that's that's something else you have to waste money on. It's like, well, uh, okay, I mean that's that's particular reasoning, but it it speaks to how you know it, it speaks to how how chaotic and eventful a childhood uh, mm. it must have been. He must have had to you know have lived this whole life by the time he was twenty and come up with again lyrics of such of such prolixity, you know, such, such incredible density that the, most of this he recorded, you know, uh, halftime was, it was a track that came out in 92. This, he, he must've written when he was 20. The album itself came out when he was 21. So, I mean, ju- just the things he, the things he did and was capable of. I was, I was not on this level when I was 21. I don't, I don't know about any of y'all. No, I mean, yeah, like a a a. I mean, that, yeah, this is the this is that like MacArthur Genius Grant shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's the you know there's the well documented you know academic acknowledgement that uh, mathematicians, jazz artists, and I, I suppose Nas all do their best work when they're young. Yeah. Like you, you have to get it out of the way really early in your career. Otherwise, you're just not going to you're just not going to produce as much. The quality of your production will drop off. Well, and it is it is amazing. I mean, it's it's that it is so hard. I mean, you know, we can don't need to talk about all the whole arc of Nas's career, but it is it's this is it's like an impossible act to follow, right? It's almost right. It, it is almost tempting <laughs> to say like he should have just dropped this and then retired immediately, <laughs> <laughs> which is really hard though because it was so acclaimed. I mean, Rachel was uh, earlier reading some of these accounts of how it was received upon its release. Uh, and at least among the critical press, among uh, among hip hop heads, um, and there was a clamoring for more, right? And yeah. and yet, you know that 
you know when it's the paradox of you know when he when he wrote Illmatic and the the experiences that he had you know as this you know nineteen twenty twenty one year old man uh you know when he wrote Illmatic there was no Illmatic <laughs> right? <laughs> right um and and once it's there um it 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 you know it changed the world right it became right so even though it was a document it was his poetic document of his world it also became something that did interact with the market right and with um you know with uh these debates of what rap was going to be um and what records would uh would sell um and that it kind of creates you know, it was in in dialogue with and concurrent with, um, you know, Biggie's um, uh, uh, "Ready to Die," um, and and I believe um, you know Snoop Dogg's "Doggy Style" from the West Coast was around the same time, right? And so that that you have um, as as hip hop is kind of ever more in um, the popular consciousness, this is one of these albums that is as as, as soon as it, it's out and it kind of creates gives Nas that profile, then it creates there's a tremendous pressure he has an anxiety of influence with himself right um yeah. and 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 it's this really he you know as such a young man producing such a a seminal work right that he is his own he becomes his own kind of um poetic father right his own kind of influencer um which like uh, you know and i think that over the long arc of his his career he has actually you know managed to come to terms with as um you know in in the last uh decade um and kind of i mean in, in part by declaring right provocatively that hip hop is dead right that <laughs> that the only way that he can kind of reclaim his reins uh is by killing is by killing the thing that he he birthed uh, a little bit and and burying it um and which is which is a reasonable question like what do you what do you do when you create a work that is so universally acknowledged as being not just an incredible classic but also a a turning point a watershed in the genre you can continue to play in that same space that you've carved out which will get incredibly repetitive after a while and Nas, being by all accounts a very serious artist must must would be pretty artistically unsatisfying, yeah. I imagine. Or you can step out and try and do slightly more experimental things, you know, change up your style a little uh, with with varying degrees of success, uh, you know, in, and produce, as, as some would say, a one-hot album every 10-year average. <laughs> uh, some would say that, but that's, you know, it's, it's, it's not about, you know, I, I, uh, in some ways, like, from a a overall kind of weighted utilitarianism that one hot album is so is is burns with the heat of of a thousand, <laughs> of a suns. thousand blueprints yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think i you know no i was saying this to ryan it's just like the amount of like um effusive um and kind of like academic literary ink spilled about this album like no one has ever written that kind of like level of like effusive writing on the blueprint like it just it just this is like a it's a whole other it's and, a whole and, other and, game well, and and the blueprint was released uh, you know a good a good 
eight years into Jay Z's career, right? Yeah. You know, of you know, um, nearly a half of dozen albums down the road. Like you know, his first a Reasonable Doubt is, I mean, is a, is a good album, but it's not. <laughs> you know, uh, I I wouldn't. It's it, you know, I, I would if I were giving that to the aliens to make or break uh, the survival of hip hop. Uh, I just say delete hip hop because <laughs> like, <laughs> this isn't going to necessarily convince you. But Rachel, are there any songs on Elmatic that you wanted to, to dive into? Uh, we can keep going linearly or we can uh, jump uh, jump somewhere else. If uh, Oh, I'm going to go linearly because I actually uh, I, I love The World Is Yours. Yeah, what, what speaks to you about it? I mean, I, I guess like I think the... Well, for me, it's I think like really the samples on this are like fantastic. Like the the piano sample is yeah. is phenomenal. I, I I don't know. I'm trying to articulate why I I love it so much. It's it's so wistful. That's what it's like. It's very wistful. And on an album that already is like very like wistful <laughs> and kind of like world weary yeah. and like kind of like. Like, 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 kind of nostalgic and reminiscing, and that, like, the the whole album is like that. And this still manages to feel to me like the most wistful song of mm. all, and it's in the little piano sample. I mean, how do you think? Do you think that interacts with like the title, right? And and um, it, like, does that like how do you how do you think that that kind of starts to interact with the the claim the question and answer of whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Uh, you know, I think. You know, I, I you know I don't know I it's you know because like the 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 to me the piano sample is very like melancholy and like the kind of the question and answer of this is a lot more hopeful than like how i initially like received the piano sample of the song but um you know it, i mean it kind of creates like to me it creates like a, a kind of like emotional tension there right of like the kind of it, the hope the hope and like the ambition against the sort of like I don't know this kind of like uh, some unconscious like or, or conscious or, or like kind of backdrop to knowing like the the kind of that there's a certain amount of like uh, difficulty or potential futility in the hopeful in the hopefulness of saying that the world is yours and that you can like that it's right it's like you both but at the same time it's like one needs to claim the world for themselves in order to live right like the, like that's just like hmm. imp- it's just like it has to be you really can't live you can't live thinking anything else even if you know like looking around you that there's you know like inequality and hmm. that like the world is like the world like other people feel more entitled to the world than it, than it, than you it seems yeah. but like i i think there there is like a in in like it just like even I guess part of it too is like even within even within the tight circle of Queensbridge right like the the world is yours because like you you are a person that needs to express themselves and hmm. like needs to you know like it, hmm. it's just kind of part of humanity that like you have wow. to express that the world is yours like because it's like life is an all or nothing proposition <laughs> like yeah, I, I, yeah like, yes I I think so right it's you know because if the world is not yours then then what are you going to do, right? Um, yeah, and- if you're if you're burning with this this young talent, if you know that you're as gifted as as Nas actually is, and you see the sort of 
paucity of the world around you like how do you get out of that unless without being you know a little a little egotistical and i I don't mean that in a bad way without being Mm. without the willingness to stand up and and assert the world is yours to say that you'll you'll get out of you know you'll get out of the the situation you're born into the rotten apple as he calls it yeah, I mean, I think that um, I mean it's, it's it's interesting, right? Um, that that without that, right? Like you say, without kind of believing that in in yourself. I mean, it is. I mean, that's an interesting way. So then, is this though? Is this like a is this a pull yourself up by your bootstraps narrative? Like no, not even no, no. I it's a. I mean, because I think it's like like I guess the most famous line in the song. I'm out for dead presidents to represent me, and I'm out for presidents to represent me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like it's just about like, you know, it's about visibility, right? It's like the world is is yours and the world is mine, like. You know, like, everyone has, like, people need, like, you know, the world is yours, but, okay, and let me, let me just position, I'm not sort of saying, like, the world is everyone's, because that Mm. makes it sound like I'm saying all lives matter or something, and that's not what I'm saying, (laughs) right? Like, it's like, the you know, his life matters, and it's important, like, to say that the world is his, right? And Mm -hmm, the world is, mm -hmm. like, you know, the world is yours, Queensbridge, right? Like, this is... You know, it, it's not even a pull. It's not a pull yourself up from the bootstraps. It's like a, I'm a, I'm visible. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, I think this, I, I think that's that's the best way to put it, Rachel. It, it ties into two very specific references. One obvious, and one that's sort of laid throughout all the the lyrics here, and is common in, in conscious hip hop of the time. So the obvious one, of course, is Scarface. You know, the, yeah. one of the one of the sort of foundational texts of of hip hop in the eighties and nineties. And you know, the the scene where Tony Montana is standing, you know, on the standing in his backyard, looking at a blimp, saying, "The world is yours," and mm-hmm. staring at it intently, like you know, with with this grim motivation. So that I mean, obvi- obviously, yeah. in the movie, that's notionally an advertised message for the ro- world, but really, it's a message for him. Right. It's a call. It's a call to one person. Like only one person gets that message. It's Tony Montana, and he he takes it to the hilt. Uh, the other, I, I think, I think deeper, uh, deeper reference, a little subtler, is the sort of black liberation theology that's mm. that's embodied in the nation of islam and the mm. you know the nation of gods and earths the five percenters yeah. uh that that's not specifically being evoked in the final chorus but that sort of sentiment that you know you know people in queens people in brooklyn and mount vernon staten island etc you know recognize that you are you know you are kings you are gods the world is yours you ca- you can rise up and take it so it's not yeah. it's not a pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's more a you know recognize that you know I've come from this this territory. Uh, I've I've come from here. I feel the same dark thoughts that you do. You know, born alone, die alone, no crew to keep my crown or throne. Like I, I feel that same pain you do, and this is how I'm demonstrating it. Come along with me. Like do do go and do likewise. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. You know, John. I think. I think that's. I think that's right. And I, I guess I. What I like about the tension of this song is that it is. It, you know. I think the piano sample like grounds it. Like grounds that conversation in 
in the city in Queensbridge mm-hmm. because of its like sad wistfulness and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it grounds in like this is a it's a it's like the the pep talk being had within like the very grounded set like urban New York setting. Well, it it, it almost it creates the juxtaposition between the kind of triumphal or kind of motivating claim of like the world is yours is and of, of that kind of pep talk is. Like the piano creates the sound of the skepticism of the the person who hears that message, right? Right, yes, like yes, right, because yes. there's an irony there. Um, but it's but and at first, uh, at first, I I was thinking that it makes it ironizes like the um the message of like oh I, I actually don't mean that the world is yours, but it's not that. It's that, but it does give the listener some skepticism, right? And 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 it, and this is a, something that's kind of talked about in theory on kind of empowerment is this sense of uh, individual or collective efficacy of a belief that you can accomplish things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that this kind of psychological belief in efficacy is um, often a proxy or and, and, uh, and, and uh, covariate with um, a sense of empowerment, right? And so that I think by kind of having that unease uh, that it actually kind of shows that it's like the challenge of kind of that message being received by the, the audience that it's, uh, that it's being spoken into um, and that's I think that's that's really um, that's really uh, interesting um, well are, are there any other places that we uh, I mean do we just keep going as far as <laughs> as far as we can go before we, uh, we, we we run out of time this is like uh, it's like a race against the clock uh, and actually <laughs> and actually interestingly as we uh, reach almost an hour of, uh, uh, of, of podcasting we've uh, I think conveniently reached Halftime. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, this is, I, I believe, and I, I should, I haven't checked the notes on all these, but I, I think this is, uh, I, I think this is the earliest track on the album because this one, yeah. this track was recorded in '92. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, actually, prior to, or, yeah, in '92 or just just prior to it. Uh, no, it was recorded in 1992 and, and came out uh, on a film around that time. Uh, it was it was one of the the earliest singles Nas had, and it it went on to the album as a result. Uh, so it it's indicative of uh, again like from what an early age he he possessed this lyrical talent and this this ability to to flow and deliver. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, and it's well. I think it is interesting, right? And that this was a one of the um, large professor beats, and it's it's striking that this is in the middle of the album, and it's it's interesting because it was already called halftime, <laughs> um, and 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 it doesn't necessarily you know wasn't necessarily conceived as being the midpoint of the album, but it's interesting because it's neither tacked on as a bonus track of like oh this is something that I did before I. Did this album nor is it kind of chronological um but that that i'm trying to think about the role that this plays kind of in the arc of this album because the album definitely has uh an an arc and and i think that it is it is striking because um there are some small differences um in this track and what we've just been discussing i mean one is that um and i'm trying to think if he he uses this elsewhere but i mean he kind of explicitly kind of emphasizes you know nasty nas right um yeah and that that was that was his that was his earlier right 
that was his earlier handle. Like he he, he dropped it just Nas eventually. Well, right, but, but that's what's interesting, right? Is that even within the arc of like in the time of, of the kind of earliest conception of this project to the completion assemblage, that already shifted, right? Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and and I think that where you kind of having the kind of nasty Nas kind of connects even to his earliest um, appearance, which is on Main Sources Live at the Barbecue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, <clears throat> was um, large pro- uh, professors project and that is also you know Nas's kind of debut recorded verse is i mean it is nasty like he 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 sure lives up to his name um in, in you know claiming and on that song among other things that he's iller than an aids patient um and and, and, and will, would kidnap the president's wife without a plan uh if, if I, <laughs> without a plan without a plan yes <laughs> just, just, on, just on a dare like his wife yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's like the funniest claim. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 right? I mean, because because it's like, wow, that is that is nasty. Uh, <laughs> I mean, see, you you, yeah. you talked about what's what's the song's role on the album, and of course, this is you know this is very much Large Professor's album. You know, in addition to all the other producers who are on here, and I, I think it's a like just given that it's an up tempo beat, and it's it it's very much a callback to the. The bombastic, you know, bragging style of the of the eighties and of the golden age. Uh, I think it's just a, a pick me up between yeah. the world is yours, which, as mm-hmm. Rachel said, is kind of down tempo, and memory lane, which mm-hmm. is while positive, still a, a bit of a slower song. I, I think there was there was probably acknowledgement, like, all right, we need something to to pick our blood up back, uh, pick our blood a little bit back up. Uh, between these two, and halftime is perfectly appropriate. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's the halftime show, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, what's amazing is that, like, Nas is both the quarterback uh, and the halftime act, right? Um, yeah. And he's, he's playing both of those roles. And, I mean, you know, again, as much as we kind of, uh, you know, that some people criticize Nas's later career, I mean, this shows that, you know, that you, you can have both, right? That, that even the, the kind Kind of, you know, pop single um, and kind of, uh, po- you know, popularity uh, courting Nas lives alongside kind of the darker and more poetic Nas and the more socially conscious Nas. Um, and and I think some people would call out those contradictions, um, but these are are there and and that, you know, and 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 I think you see this in in some of the other. You know th- some of the other hits uh, as well, and so I, I just I think it's interesting um, that that uh, even on this album, you know that this kind of song that was an earlier single has more of this relaxing vibe. Works, it do- you know it doesn't compromise the album, and I think enhances it, right? Like uh, because exactly, exactly. It, yeah, yeah, because it, uh, it it's one of these small pieces um, that kind of. Uh, uh, actually adds texture and variety. I mean, along with kind of the um, ending track, right? In, in hard to tell, um, the that beat uh, and the sample kind of also give it, you know, this sense of something is ending, right? Uh, and then something is is coming to close. Well, here's here's what I like to do um, because, like, you know, we I, we have never gone sequentially and we've never gotten through every track on an album on a tfd uh, episode <laughs> um but so what i'd like to propose uh for the um you know the to close this out from halftime on out is the illmatic lightning round uh, <laughs> which is uh uh you know um in 
let's let's say so so of our ten perfect tracks, we have um, another five remaining, right? And so let's like let's do uh, in a in a minute or two the quick hits through memory lane through uh, through it ain't hard to tell. Um, even just one quick takeaway impression um, and so on. And I'll just I'll call next track when we're when we're ready. And it doesn't need to be so manic, um, but. <laughs> But uh, let's uh, let's see. So, so mem- memory lane. So, mem- I mean, we've talked about authenticity. Memory lane is particularly dense with the concrete references that because it's it's meant to take the listener who comes from Queensbridge or the the outer boroughs of New York back to a specific period in time and a specific locale, and it's just it's just dense with with reference. One love. Uh, one love is is actually one of my favorite tracks on the album just because of the of the of the letter writing uh what's the uh, the epistolary style uh evoked here like it's a conversation he's uh-huh. having with he's having with people who can't respond uh and and again dense with dense with reference and slang that's why I think this would be particularly useful for aliens just because decoding <laughs> all of this all of the jargon involved in here would give them like a, a Rosetta stone to most of the 20th and a good portion of the 21st century uh, Rachel, you had a quick uh, a quick hit on one love. Oh no, I think it, we got to keep trucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, other than the other than a brief shout out to Q Tip, yes, right? other uh, than that, and, and other his than appearance that. on the on the hook, which is uh, which is tremendous, tremendous. One time for your mind. Um, so so yeah, getting ahead. back getting back into into nasty Nas, this is as one of my favorite you know hooks on here yeah, yo what up son it's nasty the villain uh, i'm still writing rhymes but besides that i'm chilling uh it, it's just just the i i don't know the the grandiosity of it and the combined with that slow you know sort of rollicking bass beat that, yeah. that makes it feel very very chill very easy to party with yeah and it's it is I, in some ways this song is Nas beating the west coast at their own game right yes. uh, <laughs> uh, and 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 i think that that is and and it's you know whether or not that's um intentional it has that it has that effect uh represent represent <laughs> represent Represent. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> you know, I think, I mean, I don't know, any song where, like, the verse is about representing, representing, um, you know, I think kind of goes to, like, the same things we've been talking about here, right? About kind of the, the grounding and centering of, like, the world in Queensbridge and Queens and, like, Queens being the locus and focal point. Really, Queens being, like, the locus and focal point of, like, the world and all, like, for the kind of, the 5% or world is yours take, like, right, like, this is, you know, this is, like, the place. This is, you know, we, like, and and centering, um, kind of Queens and Queensbridge is kind of, like, the, like, a a birthplace, uh, like, a, a, like, a a central, like, cultural, like, uh, place well and, and i'll say that and it's also interesting in that it also situates it within uh, the Qu- queensbridge and kind of uh, t- his youth in queensbridge within the history of hip-hop as well right mm-hmm. and, and specifically in the third verse this the line that always grabs me is before the bdp conflict with mc shan right and this is this bridge beef um uh, between boogie down productions um and uh and mc shan and uh juice crew right uh, and so mm-hmm. that um that 
that, that and this is this kind of Queens Bronx beef that was one of the kind of earliest kind of um, and most potent um, early rap beefs. And and so what's it was it, about you know, like where hip hop was yeah. born, right? But even yeah. before that, he was on the street, right? And right. so <laughs> uh, and, and I think that is uh, and that is what is being represented. It ain't hard oh. to tell. Oh, I, I was also gonna say oh, yeah. it's also like the the this is also the song with the controversial takeover lyric. Oh right, with the tech on the with dresser. the tech on the dresser. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what one more thing on on represent before we before <laughs> we're we failing? No, okay, go sorry, for it. Uh, just real quick. I mean, but similar to represent, uh, th- this song, you know, is one of the long tra- long beloved tradition of hip hop songs where half of the song is an outro where the artist just gives shout outs to the rest of his crew, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. in one of the weird artifacts of. You know, early hip hop albums being considered seminal classics that are still listened to twenty to twenty five years later. It's a it's a a list of names, half of which we've never heard of and yeah. will never hear of again, because these are people who were obviously big on the scene at the time or, or who were important to Nas. But similar <laughs> to like you know DJ Cool's "Let Me Clear My Throat," where the latter half of that song is shout out to a million people we've never heard of because you know it's twenty five years ago. We didn't expect the song to survive that long. Yeah, it's kind of a hip hop yearbook, right? <laughs> Where it's like, stay cool, like have a, keep have, in touch. Yeah, keep in touch. Keep keep in touch. Uh, my man Slate Wallet Head Big J Big Oogie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And now, finally, last but not least, it ain't hard to tell. So, uh, hats off to the to the sheer cojones on. I, I guess this would be large professors call for sampling Michael Jackson. Yeah nature yeah. like that is, i mean a it's a fantastic sample like just that just that you know little little synth synth drag in the background mm-hmm. but like the 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 balls on someone to say like okay one of the, one of the greatest pop entertainers of all time yeah we're gonna we're gonna use this here i mean that's just the 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 cojones on that i have to respect i i have to say that sample too to me makes this song sound like almost like because I think, like, the other so- songs still sound, like, very of their time, right? Like, the jazziness of the, s- the samples are, are all, like, you could tell, like, all right, this is from the 90s. Um, even though, not that I'm saying it doesn't hold up, it's just, like, you could tell of the time it's from. Whereas, like, I think the Michael Jackson sample, for whatever reason, kind of, like, grounds this even in, like... What I think is the, I think there's kind of like a, I don't know, it kind of grounds it in, in some of like the, the pop songs of today and like it, it yeah. makes it sound a little like more contemporary than I, I like it's almost surprising. Well, yeah, so if Nas was into like 80s nostalgia before it was cool, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and it's, you know, the symphiness of that, like of that yeah. sample makes yeah. it kind of like makes it sound a little more contemporary. Um, you know, and a little more like other current, you know, in particular, I think mean, there were like a bunch of songs on like the Drake Unviews yeah. on the Drake yeah. album that yeah. had like that kind of that same symphy, symphy feel of the 80s and 90s. Well, and, and I think then, I mean, it's just interesting that, you know, even Nas on, I think it was on Halftime says, when I was young, I, I was a fan of the Jackson 5, right? Um, yeah. And so the, there's actually also a callback there to the, this, you know, veneration of Michael Jackson. And uh, that, so it's not just paying tribute. And in and, and that way, it comes back full circle again to, um, 
you know, it, it goes, it's, it's a looping circle or a spiral, right? Where if the, if the, the beginning of the circle at the beginning of the album starts in New York, starts in, in wild style, uh, style, starts in the early 80 roots of hip hop, this is kind of even going one back to that era, but kind of situating that within the kind of broader kind of pop and, 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 and African American kind of musical tradition, right? Of, of soul, uh, and, and kind of, and, you know, and, and by including Michael Jackson, kind of weaves together jazz, hip hop, soul, um, and kind of pop and pop, um, as kind of part of this world. Right. And so really like it, it, it's almost a paying off of the promise that the world is yours. Right. Um, uh, and, 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 and because it's, it's, it makes it goddamn uh, uplifting too, right? Um, and because it, it, it feels like this—I I alluded to this earlier—that it's just like a shimmer, like it's it's like it's it's shimmering, especially compared to what has come before. And and kind of going from pianos to synths is is really striking. Yeah, you know, and I'll just say like the this lyric: "My mic check is life or death." Breathing a sniper's breath. I think it both not only goes to like the lethality of like the lyricism that we've talked about, but again, just kind of reiterating the idea like th- this is this the expression is life itself, right? It's yeah, his yeah, yeah. it's his breath and the breath of others that needs to be uh, needs to be taken into account, right? And pick in that moment of 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 you know of rapping and like the self expression there. Absolutely. Guys, we did it. I mean, <laughs> granted, a, the an overthinking it style lightning round lasts ten ten minutes, but uh, <laughs> uh, but it was it was well worth it uh, because we I, uh, the uh, listeners the confetti balloons and banners are all coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, because- it's an accomplishment unequaled in. TFTs up to this point. I give this TFT five mics. <laughs> yes, five uh, five podcasting mics uh, is what we have earned. Uh, and so, and, and that is a, a, that celebratory note is a great place to end. Um, so, thank you so much for joining us, John. Uh, this was a, this was a ton of fun. Oh, of course, it was it was fantastic. I, I love being here, and of course, what a what a great album to to uh, to introduce to me to the to the crew yeah for sure and uh listeners uh let us know your uh, reflections on illmatic whether you uh are have been uh into it uh, since 94 since some other time uh in your long journey through uh hip-hop and pop music uh or um just uh introduced to it uh from us uh and let us know your thoughts in the many places at which you can do that uh we're on twitter at tft podcast uh we're on facebook book uh, uh theory for turntables um and you can find us uh in the show notes on overthinkingit.com um come on back next week we have a few more weeks here in the 90s before we head back to contemporary music so no when we land next week no matter what year we are in what city what borough what state we will be keeping it real